One, two, three. All right. Perfect. It's kind of like Animal House where they all check their clocks. <laughs> right. And John Belushi looks and it's like four hours off. <laughs> it's like, all right, we're good to go. <laughs> Welcome to Predator Minute, the podcast that breaks down the 1987 action sci-fi classic, Predator, one minute at a time. I'm John Zabriskie. And I'm Jack Glover. And joining us today is a very special guest from the podcast We Hate Movies, Eric Siska. Hi, how are you? Uh, first of all, I want to thank you for having me here. <laughs> so so happy to have you here. <laughs> yeah, we're so pumped to have you here. Um, i kind of talked your ear off before this show and I've talked about the podcast in the past on this show but uh, We Hate Movies is one of the longer running podcasts out there and it's uh, one I've listened to for a great many years. One of the very first podcasts I listened to was We Hate Movies and I still listen to that podcast to this day and it's such a thrill to have you on Eric so Thank you, thank you so much for coming on. Well, no, I mean, it's no problem at all. Thank you for having me. Thank you for asking. I'm happy to be here. Awesome. 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 Yeah, and we're going to jump into Talking Predator. So today we're talking Minute 77 of Predator. Minute 77 opens with Dutch firing at the cloaked Predator, and it ends with Dutch exclaiming, Oh, shit. Oh, shit. Oh, shit. Oh, shit. As he slides down a hill. Wee. <laughs> <laughs> I love that oh shit, by the way. Oh shit! It's just it a, well, a well-placed oh shit is just amazing. Oh shit! <laughs> exactly. <laughs> just this good realization as we're sliding who knows where. John, do we have any number 77s this week? <laughs> I threw a couple number 77s for you sports fans oh. in there, um, partly because there are not a lot of 77s in sports, even though it's such an elegant number, right? It's the double seven. It's like mm. lucky sevens. Um, I threw Floyd Womack, otherwise known as Porkchop, from <laughs> the, the NFL. Uh, he's a longtime Seattle Seahawks, so that one's for Jeff. Hey, Hey, and uh, Vladimir Radmanovich from the NBA, who wore 77 for a few different teams, including, of course, the Seattle Supersonics, RIP. Hi, Sonics fans. This is Vladimir Radmanovich. If you're like me on these rainy Seattle nights, there's nothing better like curling up with a good book, Neil Diamond on a stereo, and a warm fleece blanket. What? You don't have a nice warm fleece blanket, you say? Then you must come to our game on February 10th versus the Hawks, when the first 10,000 fans receive this incredible Sonic blanket. So get your tickets now at supersonics.com and join me in a state of bliss. Good finds. Hey, thanks. I can only hope that one day my nickname is Porkchop. <laughs> well, better start eating. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. <laughs> so, Jeff, why don't you uh, take us from the first part uh, to the yeah. whatever 15-second mark? Sure. So, uh, once again, we've broken this uh, minute into two sections, and we'll talk about the first, oh, 15 seconds here or so. Um, we carry over from last minute. Dutch is firing mm -hmm. his M16 at the cloaked predator, uh, but he only hits the tree. Anna slash Anna runs... Behind him, uh, we think we've we think he's yelling "run" as he fires. Um, after Dutch stops firing, the cloaked predator fires his laser, destroying Dutch's M16. Dutch falls to the ground, yelling at Anna, Anna, "Run, go, get to the chopper!" Run, go, get to the chopper! Anna Anna runs out of the movie, and that brings the first part to a close. Ooh. So, uh, Eric, you being the guest, why don't you uh, take it away? What What are you noticing from this first part? Just anything. Well, I mean, uh, so you guys are saying now, I, I've seen Predator so many times in my life, and <laughs> I feel like any minute you 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 fall into this movie, you, it feels like you're 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 running with them immediately. I didn't realize that Anna Anna, Anna disappears <laughs> after this. She runs to, I guess, the chopper and vanishes. Is she does she not appear again in the film? She appears at the very very end in the chopper. Okay, but 
right for the for the purpose of making sure that Arnold and the Predator are going one to one. She's she's out. She's the last of the team to leave. This is the very abrupt switch in the movie, right? Like mm-hmm. in just the last two minutes, we've had what three team members killed. Mm-hmm. And now Dutch and Anna Anna get separated. We get the iconic get to the chopper! Get to the chopper! Line. And, uh, and all of a sudden, just like that, we're left with Dutch. We're left with Arnold, uh, alone in the jungle with the predator. It happens so fast. Yeah, now I was privy to your guys' notes prior to this, so it's like I feel like that also influences my eye a little bit. And and when you mm. when you wrote about the uh the blood there, that's like quite something. I never really noticed that before, that his blood is almost like Play-Doh consistency flying out of him. <laughs> it's pretty great. <laughs> so it's like he's trying to shoot the gun. I guess it works, but then there's some I, I don't know what type of meat vein they struck within Schwarzenegger's <laughs> bicep. It erupted. Yeah. Yeah, just kind of yeah, wounded his right arm. He's going to be all right. I, I originally thought, I mean, like growing up watching this movie, I always thought, oh, the Predator hits him in the shoulder, but because it's Arnold, it doesn't cause any damage. And then I shift to... <laughs> I'm going to shake it off. Yeah. <laughs> Walk it off, rub some dirt on it. <laughs> But the, but then I think it's uh, uh you know his gun is in the way oh now that breaks apart but now watching it in slow motion it looks like the predator is just trying to shoot the gun out of his arm we know the predator has awesome aim look what he does to Dylan 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 because some damn fool accused you of being the best blowing his uh, right arm off and maybe you're thinking oh he's trying to do the same thing to Dylan or to Dutch that he did to Dylan. But then I'm thinking, no, that's not the case because we know he has better aim than that. If he, he had to shoot around Dylan's weapon to blow his arm off and he has good enough aim to shoot behind Dutch's head to kill Poncho yeah. at the last minute. I mean, we know the Predator has exceptional aim with his laser sight. We know that he is privy to fucking with people and yep. messing around with his prey and, and hunting for sport. Um, so I am fully on board with the idea that he's taking aim at Dutch's weapon just mm-hmm. to disarm him so that he can further hunt his, uh, his human game, if you will. Or maybe he was aiming at the meat vein and the gun <laughs> is collateral damage. <laughs> and and we're, we all old, lucky enough to get the blood Play-Doh. <laughs> meat vein struck gold. Stop digging. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so do we have anything else to add here about Dutch getting shot in the gun? Um, I guess we should talk for a minute about this. This is one of the most iconic lines in the film. Get to the chopper! Get to the chopper! Yeah, I think think this is the number one line from the film. I I feel like a film with so many good lines like, Stick around, I ain't got time to bleed. Stick around, I ain't got time to bleed. Uh, this one is the one that just carries on and on and on. You can find super cut clips on YouTube of Arnold, like his, like his current age, you know, saying it in different situations. He's <laughs> <laughs> he, he just, and, and sometimes there's a chopper in the background. He's like, come on, get to the chopper. Get to the chopper. Get to the chopper. It is like a cultural <laughs> phenomenon. It's like it's like I'll be back was obvious. I'll be back. Been there forever, and then like slowly, it's like the tortoise and the hare, and the tortoise is get to the chopper, and now I feel like you can't escape it. Get to the chopper. Yeah, I, it's it's all over. It's if you check the uh, the IMDb trivia, you all call it the Tribune. Yes. Uh, you'll find. <laughs> A lot of different references just to this line. It's something nutty, like 30 or 40 different references. Some of the references are just like, here's a game show or not a game show. Here's a talk show where somebody uttered the phrase. So we're going to put that in. Hmm. Uh, but sometimes there are other movies and I didn't find this line yet, but from London has fallen. Apparently, uh, the American Mike Banning says it. <laughs> Let's get to the chopper. <laughs> I want to hear that. Did you guys ever break that down on We Hate Movies we, London? We has did. Fallen? Olympus has fallen. Uh, we thought it would be mm-hmm. funny to do that live in Washington, D.C. And the <laughs> crowd was more or less okay with us making fun of them being shot by a North Korean murder plane. Um, 
But then uh, we did not do London Has Fallen, and we just recently did on the program the uh, God. Uh, what's the What's the new one? Angel, Angel. Has Fallen. Yes. <laughs> Yeah. So many things have fallen. So I actually forgot London has fallen. I saw it at some point, but I I, I do not remember the uh, get to the chapa in that. <laughs> but I guess it's there. I, it's I feel like American Mike uh, is kind of like a pretty good modern equivalent to these type of Schwarzenegger movies like this and Commando. Just bodies. Uh, this is the line that even if people have never never seen Predator or know anything about. 80s action movies, they still know this line, right? Mm -hmm. Like even my students who are born in, you know, 2005, if I say, get to the Java, get to the Java, like they'll laugh. They know that line as being like a famous Arnold Schwarzenegger line, although they probably couldn't even tell you the movie, but they know that line. It's still amazing. Right. I'm glad that someone is teaching the youth of America (laughs) what is important. I agree. Yeah, that's that's why we're out there. We're doing the Lord's work. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Hello over here, Predator. <laughs> well, it, it is a movie for kids, right? I, <laughs> I always say that, I mean, my very first two R-rated movies I ever saw was Robocop and Predator. Drop it! That are alive, you are coming with me. I saw them both way too young. And, uh, and look now, 30 years later, I'm I'm recording a... <laughs> Uh, a hit, a hit podcast about it. <laughs> there is nothing like I'm. I'm. I was about to say there's nothing wrong about bringing children to an R-rated movie, but I guess there might be. Uh, I grew up going to every single R-rated movie. My parents did not care. Oh my! My parents had HBO, and there was very little oversight. <laughs> same, same. I had, I had the whole package. Yes. I just had, had the Scramble Channel. You had Showtime, and you had the Movie Channel, and I did, yeah, yeah, yeah. We did too, and and I would stay up late when I was like, you know, twelve or thirteen. That's around the age yep. when you're allowed to stay up. Prime time. And yeah, God, the the shit that I watched. I guess it's influenced me. Oh yeah, I would um, stay up so late just watching any type of weird fucking shit, and then uh, eventually, as an adult, I ended up working at Showtime recently for over seven years, and I was then oh, in wow. charge oh. of putting shit like Predator on the air and like not really not, not oh. in charge of scheduling the programming, but in the actual operational sense where I would receive the digital file or, or back when I first started HD cam and process it to get it ready for air. And it was an interesting uh, dichotomy there. Cause as a kid, I had such reverence for the channel, for the films, for the movie, you know, everything that's going on there. And then yeah, like right. as an adult working there now, like in t- 2019 was my last year there. And it's just like, no one's watching this shit anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone's watching it on streaming or they're, they're they yeah. have Blu-rays or, or whatever, but no one's watching two o'clock yeah. in the morning at showtime unless correct me if i'm wrong if you are doing that i commend you i i'm not <laughs> i'm not <laughs> i'm i'm like the rest of the of the world i've moved on to streaming services um yep. did you have some early like late night watches that you remember as being influential to you i don't know if it's influential i i do i have a distinct memory of being a kid watching the dark backward that is a movie with Judd Nelson and I believe Bill Paxton, and huh. it's a very wow. scuzzy movie. <laughs> yeah. Did you ever watch uh, Joe Bob Briggs on the Movie Channel? I when did. He had yeah, his... yeah. Yes. And then when he went to TNT with Monster Vision, I think it was. Sure. Mm. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Totally. I watched all that stuff. That was hugely influential for me. I, I would stay up on. I can't remember if it was Friday or Saturday nights that that show aired, but. Um, man, that introduced me to some weird, crazy shit that yeah. I should have been watching when I was 11 or 12. <laughs> uh, I have a distinct memory of watching Street Trash at like one in the morning. I don't know if you've ever seen that movie, but there's a scene where one guy tears the dick off of another guy and throws <laughs> it over a fence. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I saw it. I, I feel like I saw that and the stuff recently sort of back to back and uh, it might have blurred together a little bit but yeah sure yeah the dick throwing scene haunted me for years and it took me until I was in my 20s to figure out what movie it was from (laughs) (laughs) you ever see Night of the Demon it's like it's Uh, like a Bigfoot movie and like Bigfoot rips a dude's dick off (laughs) oh I've seen Night of the Demons 
Um, but not a Bigfoot movie called Night of the Demon. No, yeah. I'm going to have to check that out because yeah. obviously I am I like uh, dick ripping movies. There so. is a 75 percent chance that that is an actual movie, and I and what I said is factual, <laughs> but I I believe it is. Okay, or, or I'm going to find out. <laughs> yeah, go go Google dick ripping right now. I have to know. Yeah, I want to make a comp. I'm going to make a, a double or triple feature of movies that feature dick ripping. <laughs> <laughs> you know, after you rip off the dick, you know what you got to do then? Get to the balls. <laughs> Ow! Oh. To the balls. <laughs> oh man, good stuff, good stuff. Yeah, I, I, I was, I was a big USA Up all night mm, watcher, yeah. and there, there's also some weird stuff. Like you'd have, like really, really like <laughs> C movie level you know, crime films or monster movies. Oh yeah. That stuff was just, uh, it was awful, but just tantalizing as a kid. Was that the Gilbert Gottfried one? It was, uh, there was, ah, man, there was a, a woman who was hosting a blonde woman. And then I think Gilbert Gottfried came later, Mm. but I think I was watching with the blonde host. I can't remember her name. Mm. She would say USA up all night. All night. Yeah. Yeah, I'm convinced though that it's that kind of shit that makes us all the movie nerds that we are today. Like those, mm-hmm. it's it's always people that had no oversight about their viewing habits <laughs> when they were young, and they watched a whole bunch of shit way too early, and it got stuck in their brains, and it just carried on from there. And whenever I talk to other people that are also that love movies and genre films and are nerdy about movies i feel like it always comes back to they have similar stories about watching shit late at night when they shouldn't have been um Mm -hmm. it's like a shared experience that everyone our age kind of has and from the Mm -hmm. cable era yeah and i i worry that like with with streaming and all that with there's so many options like amazon prime there's just so much like are we going to get that shared experience in this next generation or is it is the viewing so distinct just you know to like spread across like there's so many fucking ninja movies on there now like <laughs> right there's no like, curation almost you know like people aren't yeah. going to forget maybe about some of these crazy 80s movies that we grew up on it's mm-hmm. so true it's hard to have a shared experience when there's you know 50 different streaming platforms that all have totally different libraries and yeah you know we were we were focused onto two or three cable channels right mm-hmm. at certain time slots of the day it's interesting. I don't know. I don't know what's what uh, current generations are going to grow up with. Yeah, I think stuff has to be trending now for people to have that shared narrative, and then more and more people will hop on and check it out. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, have we moved on to the uh, second half of the minute? Sure. Why don't you take us away, Jeff? What huh. happens here after the get to the chopper line? Get to the chopper! All right, well, we're going to pick things up here at about second 16 and take this all the way to the end. A Dutch crawls away from our poor friend, uh, Dead Ponchito, rest in peace, uh, and begins running through the jungle, and we get some cuts back and forth between Predator, Infrared, Vision, and Dutch running. Really great, we'll talk about it a bit, but really great tracking shots through the jungle here. I, I can't imagine that this was easy to pull off, but anyway... Uh, Dutch runs, back to Predator, back to Dutch. This back and forth continues, uh, and then we get a, a as he slides and pushes down a, a sudden unseen slope, and we see Dutch's face as he yells, "Oh shit!" And the minute cuts off right there as he's sliding down the hill. Yeah, I, I wonder what's going to happen at the end. I'm pretty, uh, pretty much on the edge of my seat. You know, I, I don't know. Is, is he just going to hit the bottom of a hill here and he's going to have to keep running or maybe something else is going to come up? You know, yeah. the music mm-hmm. in this movie is kind of really unbelievable. This score really gets you going. We've talked a lot about the score. It's really, really effective. Yes, yeah. yeah, so it, it does more heavy lifting than probably any other movie <laughs> score I can really think of. Yeah, because it's such a dialogue light movie uh, and John McTiernan really really wanted to lean on the score he says over and over in his uh commentary <laughs> that yeah the the score really has to paint a picture of how the team members are feeling and in this case it's it's using the end of what 
of a track called Billy Stands Alone, which started with Billy standing alone on the log and then hmm. him dying and then Ponchito being shot in the head and they get to the chopper line. And here it picks up with a callback to the girl's escape when Anna Anna hits Ponchito in the face with the log long time ago, like I'm talking minute 41, hmm. so more than half an hour ago. Um, but when that chase ensues between Anna and Hawkins, this very same exact piece of the track plays this dun 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 mm-hmm. um, it mirrors it, it down to the side shots of Dutch matching Hawkins and Anna um, these behind the um, the uh, chase shots where the predator is chasing Hawkins in infrared is also the same kind of shot where the predator is chasing Dutch in infrared it's 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 a crazy callback if you're paying attention I don't think watching it through you know, zero to minute 107 that I would catch the mirroring that I'm seeing um, in this minute by minute breakdown. But here it's a really cool reminder that um, this is how the predator killed the first of the team was uh, this exact kind of situation. So was yeah. minute 41 like a year ago for you guys? <laughs> yeah, gosh, what was that? 36 weeks ago so <laughs> now question yeah, Jesus, are you, are you guys watching predator constantly or do you, you you just do are you doing the minute by minute like yeah, yeah i remember predator or have you you watch it like weekly what what is your routine uh jeff you want to go ahead i i before we started this project i watched the movie several times in it in its entirety <clears throat> after already have seen it you know, I don't know, God knows how many times before <laughs> right. in my life. Uh, now, as we have kind of go th- gone through this minute by minute, I like to only watch the minute that we're going to discuss. Right. And I'll just watch that minute several times over. Uh, and I try not to watch ahead. I Generally, I remember what's going to happen next. But every once in a while, I'm actually surprised because um, I don't remember exactly what's going to happen next. And it, it really helps me focus in on just what's happening in this section. Uh, I do, for the most part, exactly what Jeff is doing, but sometimes on those, you know, longer viewing sessions, I might look ahead to the next minute just to remind myself, oh, yeah, what happens next? Just to maybe do I need to tie this to the minute I'm looking at now? And then I look at the next minute and the next minute, and then I just watch the rest of the movie uh, because it's just, I don't know, it's just every time I watch. This movie can suck you in. It's, I mean, even just reading the script, like the actual uh, movie, what are the, the shooting script for it is sometimes exciting enough to where I'm like, okay, I want to see what happens next. I want to, and it's like, that's reading a script of a movie, which, which, you know, is really hard to do. It's really hard to pull someone in with a, a piece of writing, a, I would say a good, I don't know, any kind of screenplay. Uh, but yeah, I watch, I watch just little bits and pieces, usually like Jeff. Um, I, do a little bit of the research, right? I'm looking at behind the scenes stuff too. So I might watch a few different scenes to help with the behind the scenes. Yeah. And then I try to come up with dick and fart jokes to <laughs> sprinkle in. Those are important. And you do. Those are important. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. It takes a village. Uh, so John, you mentioned the, the parallel uh, ism with the uh, previous uh, chase scene here. And I am once again impressed by the, the camera work, uh, that's happening with John McTiernan as a director. And we get this kind of tracking shot. I think it's a tracking shot as we follow Arnold side by side through the jungle where we have this large swath of trees in between Arnold and the camera. And I just think about how difficult that must have been to put together because they're filming in an actual jungle. And then the continuity of them jumping straight to the predator vision of him also running through the jungle infrared and then back to him running through the jungle. I think it's really effective in building the suspense here. Um, And the camera gets closer and closer and closer to Arnold before he finally slips and falls on this, uh, I don't know, shoot or hill that he hits. Yeah, it's just top-notch editing, uh, especially for an action movie, which I imagine are notoriously hard to edit because you're trying to keep everything in continuity. And they're doing an awesome job here, and they do the they do an awesome job throughout the whole film of keeping continuity so that uh, you're not really disoriented at all. Um, as much as they want to keep you claustrophobic feeling throughout the movie, uh, they do want you to know what's happening, and they use a good variety of the wide angle where you can see the surroundings and the narrow 
uh, so you can, I don't know, more focus on the action. I love the predator vision. I, and just like going from your usual green and brown jungle to suddenly having like this blue and red, it's very striking. It's very striking. It's, it's very, I think it's very vulnerable because you might be wearing camouflage materials or have <laughs> some stripes painted on your face, <laughs> uh, thinking that you're hidden enough. But right, if you know that the predator can see exactly where you are, anywhere in a location, Right, you're going to feel hopeless. You're going to feel uh, a certain amount of despair, especially as right the viewer at first. And then if you're putting yourself in their shoes, then you're you're trying to run through your head like survival scenarios. You're like, well, I, I just don't have anything. <laughs> just run away like Dutch. Just run. I would die. That's fine. <laughs> would, yeah. yeah, immediately. I would, immediately, I would die leaving the chopper in the the first couple of scenes. I mean, if I'm going to be murdered in the woods, it might as well be from an alien, right? I would have been yelling at Anna Anna to drag me to the chopper. Don't (laughs) run to the chopper. Pick me up. What are you doing? Come on. Put me on your back. Ah, Put your legs into it. Come on, Anna. (laughs) You skipped leg day. (laughs) How did. So, okay, so this is a question. How did Anna know where to go. He says get to the chopper. Was there maybe a scene, I guess, that where they shared all this information together? They pointed at a map and said, okay, if we're like separated, here's where we meet because I wouldn't wish that on a broke dick dog. She 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 hauls ass out of there. <laughs> She's like, see ya. I know where I'm going. That's what I assume. I assume that at some point in uh you know scene that didn't happen on camera they looked at a map and discussed where they were going and her being a native of this jungle uh, probably knew exactly where that spot was. So I assume that she had in her head their final destination. Hey. Hey. It's <laughs> <Yeah>, a movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if you escape the predator, you mysteriously die somehow <laughs> in some other fashion. <laughs> Cameo is the, oh. the predator is like the funeral director. It's like, wow. <laughs> Oh, you son of a bitch. <laughs> we are gathered here today. <laughs> this is one of the few places where you have... Not one of the few places. Well, I guess this is one of the few places you'll find deleted scenes uh, from this movie is from Arnold escaping. And I'm glad they cut it all. Uh, but at, at all the same, it's, it's fun to watch the deleted scenes and think about what could have been. There's a scene particularly where he's rolling away at first and he rolls into, I guess, a den of spiders and they crawl all over, they crawl all over his back like uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark, which <laughs> <laughs> so I think is kind of hilarious and takes you out of the, the tension. Throw me the idol, um, I'll throw you the whip. <laughs> <laughs> well, I actually the spiders are interesting. Um watching this deleted scene I never saw it before, but it like it kind of it adds a little ten- I I understand why they cut it and I think it's good cuz why slow this sequence down? But exactly. it adds that yeah. tension where it's like, well, he's going to have to put up with this shit on him just right. to survive. And you kind of get that look on his face too. Like he looks back and sees the spiders. And his face doesn't break for a minute. And then he kind of like does this sort of like, fuck, now this. Right. <laughs> you know, I got spiders on my back. I was picturing like a quiet place where he just, he knows he can't make a noise. <laughs> right. But yeah, I guess he can't make a sudden movement. Stop it. This blanket is too loud. <laughs> when I put it down to put out the fire, the blanket gets a little loud. <laughs> I always just remember the trailers for A Quiet Place and just like putting out a fire sounded so loud. I guess that was the point. It was just yeah, doing everything. Everything. Uh, yeah. Loud blankets. Stepping on nails. I Now I can't get Indiana Jones quotes out of my head spoken with by Arnold. <laughs> it belongs in a museum. So do you. <laughs> Um, all right. So um, if we had nothing more on this section, uh, I was going to talk briefly about uh, the three-act structure of this film. Okay. Yeah. I think I think that's all I wanted to say about that. Oh, one, one, hilarious, one hilarious insertion of John McCommentary going on right now. <laughs> he, just, he just rambles so much. I don't know. Uh, Eric, if you've listened to the commentary for this track, I have not. I mean, <laughs> it's not worth a listen, in my opinion. <laughs> um, <laughs> you learn very little about the behind the scenes. I don't think overall 
John McTiernan really cares for this movie. I think he sees it as like a dumb popcorn flick, which I don't know. I, I think he is way wrong about that. Yeah, it's pretty insane. Because well, what else did he do again? Die Hard? Die Hard, uh, Hunt for Red October, the third Die Hard, uh, Last Action Hero, the 13th Warrior, Rollerball. <laughs> I can understand having the <laughs> reverence tail for something like Die Hard, but, but this right. is like... To me, this is up there, if not superior. I, I agree. I think this is superior. Just, I just love the, oh, I just love the storytelling in this. Mm-hmm. But yeah, in this tra- in this track, he's rambling about Stan Winston bringing in the new suit, and they're having to rework the creature design when they first see the original suit. So he's he's talking all out of order or whatever, and then <laughs> he just mentions Kevin Peter Hall, and he goes. He's dead now. (laughs) That's it. And then he stops talking for the rest of this minute. He just sits and watches the movie. From Stan Winston, he brought in a kid named Kevin Peter Hall. He's dead now. He watches a lot of the movie with the audience. This makes me want to do a commentary track to like a classic movie, you know, like Casablanca or something like, yeah, yeah, he's Humphrey Bogart's dead. He's dead now. This guy, this guy there, background right there, he's dead. He's dead now. (laughs) <laughs> that guy, that guy's dead. He's dead, man. Yeah, well, was, yeah no, that per- yeah, that lady's dead. He's dead, man. <laughs> that guy's in hospice, so. <laughs> it's it a good movie. Yeah. Yeah. By, the, by the time this commentary comes out, yeah, that, that guy in hospice, yeah, he's dead. He's dead, man. <laughs> All right, so tell us about three-act structure. Yeah, we've, we've brought this up before at various points in this podcast, but I, I think this film follows a classic three-act structure. Um, act. The act. Mac. 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 The three-act structure is typically um, created by three sections. The first of ge- is generally referred to as the setup. You set us up. It's all bullshit. I think in this film, that's the first half hour of the movie or so as we learn the characters and they move uh, towards the gorilla camp and then subsequently blow that shit up. Um, Mm -hmm. The second act of a three-act structure is typically um, marked by a confrontation of some sort. And I think that is the section that we have just watched um, Mm -hmm. for the last 30 minutes or so where they they have one goal in mind, which is to get to the chopper. Get to the chopper! And get out of the jungle. And so the uh, film is following their path through the jungle, but they run into a confrontation. They run into a problem, which is uh, a deadly alien trying to kill them all. And then the third act of a film is typically the uh, ramp up and the resolution to that confrontation. And it's my contention that we have, with the departing of Anna Anna, and what we're left with, we're going to find out, is just Arnold, just uh, Dutch at this point. Mm-hmm. This, to me, officially begins Act 3 of the film, where we're going to get resolution to that confrontation. And uh, one might argue that in a couple minutes, so spoiler alert, but Arnold's going to, in a little bit, get covered in mud and learn that that gives him a, a, a slight <laughs> advantage over the Predator. Whoa, um, spoiler. Spoiler. Some, some might argue that that is the turning point. Um, for me, this is the moment because this is when the rest of the team is officially gone and mm-hmm. we are left with just our protagonist, Dutch, um, alone in the jungle and wounded and flying out off of a hill. So this is generally in act two, you run into problem after problem after problem and it peaks with the biggest problem of them all. And that is what's happening here. Dutch has himself a very big problem. The rest of his team has been killed. Uh, his guide, Anna Anna, is gone, and he's now sliding out of control down a hill towards God knows what. Absolutely. Uh, so, this is like the all hope is lost moment. Exactly. Mm. Yeah. So this is the, you could maybe think of it as the uh, apex of Act Two. Um, apex. But I, I think it really. I think it really marks the transition into that third part of the film. So there you go. I'm done with my film paper now, but uh, that's that's what I was thinking about while watching this section. See me after class. (laughs) (laughs) Your essay is due on Monday. Yeah, well done. Um, I think, yeah, like everything you said, I think when we put this up against other action movies or other horror movies, um, you can really 
lose all your momentum in that third act when you know it's just the final girl in this case arnold uh when you have the final girl <laughs> who you're calling a girl <laughs> uh when you have that final girl going up against the bad guy sometimes you can lose that momentum in a movie because there's a lot less tension because you've seen the rest of the team be killed off you basically know how it's going to end and you're looking at the clock, oh, like 25 minutes left. Like, I know this is going to end. How are they going to drag this out? Uh, but uh, they do a really good job in this movie. We've been kind of saying it time and time again of keeping the tension tight, uh, of using the jungle as a character to forward the story. And then ultimately, of course, spoiler alert, reveal the predator, this monster we've wanted to see this whole movie. Uh, yeah, absolutely. You're one ugly son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> he is too yeah it's, it's worth it so uh did you guys have anything else to add for uh minute 77 uh i think i think we've done it i think i'm good okay. i would like to add cool. the following the oh shit is excellent it's excellent oh shit <laughs> oh shit <laughs> Oh, yeah, when he shot in the shoulder, that is a great. <laughs> As he falls. Oh, yeah, it's top tier. <laughs> top tier. So, uh, Eric, what is your history with this movie, Predator 1987? You know, I couldn't even tell you the first time I saw it. I feel like I was just born into it or something. But <laughs> my, my household was very much an Arnold house. It wasn't, yes. we didn't fuck with Sly as much. It was a big Arnold mm -hmm. house. So I saw all of his movies basically in a, in a constant rotation. And of course, watching this late at night, it's just, I don't know. It's, it's one of those movies that it just, I feel it. Like I've always known it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it is a movie that you just, you can jump in at any moment if it's on cable and you run into it. Uh, like I'm sitting down and watching it. Yeah. Right. Um, do you have a favorite character from the film? <laughs> um, obviously Schwarzenegger, Dutch, uh, mm -hmm. but but also the Predator. I always thought the Predator design was really cool. I love the cloaking and the once it's revealed and you see like the armor face mask. I always loved masks in film because mm -hmm. I never wanted to have a face. <laughs> and unfortunately, I guess now if this COVID pestilence continues, maybe we will be forced to wear a mask, but uh, I would prefer not to be forced. I'd rather be an eccentric weirdo or an outer space alien. Thanks, Obama. Yeah. So, <laughs> so we'll see you walking down the streets in a predator mask if it comes to masks <laughs> for everybody. Exactly. I'll be the one guy in, New, in dead New York when we're walking down the street in a predator mask. <laughs> <laughs> That's the one thing that works now is you can wear a predator mask for protection. I'll put on my Jason mask. Ask and we can wave at each other as we walk by six feet apart. We're going to have GM pumping out millions of predator masks for people to wear for protection. Yeah. <laughs> Just a bunch of ugly mother effers. You're one ugly motherfucker. Wouldn't it be so dystopian that we like have to rely on like Party City now for face masks? <laughs> <laughs> it's essential. It's an essential uh, store. We have to keep it open. It is essential. I'm here to party. I'm the party pooper. I'm the party pooper. <laughs> oh. uh. Okay. How about how about a favorite line? Do you have a favorite line, Eric? Well, I think my f my favorite line from the movie. The movie's better than this line, but for some reason, mm -hmm. it always sticks with me from just how it can roll off the tongue. And it's stick around. Stick around. Mm. Oh, mm -hmm. that's my favorite line. Oh, really? Stick around. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah, we recorded it and made a big deal of it, and that's how we end every podcast. Stick around. He just, yeah. it just, just the, the quick throw, the quick shot of him dispatching Sven Oli Thorson and just the stick around. Yeah. Stick around. Stick around. Oh, it's, yeah, such a good, good scene. And it's, I know it's his. I don't know. It's one of his favorite lines uh, from the movie. But Arnold says his all-time favorite line he ever said is this minute seventy-seven quote: "Get to the chopper." Get to the chopper. Mm, nice. It's great, and it's it's iconic because of Schwarzenegger. Like if anyone else said "Get to the chopper," like I just don't think it would resonate. Let's get to the chopper. Get to the chopper. They tried it in The Predator. I don't know if you saw that one. Eric. I did, and it was very uh, disappointing. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was very, I was so excited in the beginning when like the spaceships are kind of battling over Earth. I was like, okay, this is a cool direction. This is cool, a little Star Wars-y. And then it just <laughs> goes right downhill as soon as the Predator lands. I was oh, so disappointed. And then the guy in the movie, Trevante Williams, he says, let's get to the choppers. And he's talking about a bunch of motorcycles. I'm like, no, uh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> how do you guys, oh, how do you guys feel about Predator 2? I love uh, Predator 2. Yes, this is the, cr- yeah, that's the correct opinion. <laughs> that is a fun. I think if we continue, movie. I've yeah, I've it's, always it's loved it. That's another one that that I watched over and over again as a kid, <laughs> as a teenager, and um, I recognize its flaws, but I can't deny my love for it. And the cast is just fucking incredible. Like I love that movie. I, th- I think if we're to continue the project, if we were to do a second movies by minute uh, breakdown, it would probably be Predator Two. So much mm. Gary Busey and Bill Paxton. Oh, <laughs> oh I know. It just oh, and Danny Glover. Danny Glover. Oh, oh my gosh. And and voodoo gangsters. What the? Oh, yeah. There's a Gary Busey. I'm working for the government. Hunting <laughs> <laughs> an alien. A fucking alien. I've got some giant giant teeth. Check out these teeth, you guys. You're one ugly motherfucker. <laughs> And so many pleated pants in that movie. Yeah. Yeah. And it's it's, so many hot takes of LA. Yeah, it takes place in (laughs) the shitty future, which is somehow better than the current one. (laughs) We all we all long for the Predator 2 version of the future. Exactly. (laughs) Uh, All right, John, should we get to recommends here and uh, wrap this thing up? Let's hop over to recommends for a quick moment. So, uh, Eric and the listeners, uh, we spend a little bit of time recommending things to the audience, whether that be movies, shows, books, sometimes shoes or recipes. <laughs> Just, you know, anything you could think of that well, you could I got two put out there. two television shows, old ones. Um, I recently Please. started a uh, Battlestar uh, Battlestar Galactica rewatch. I the 2004 mm. series and I'm really enjoying going back through it from the start while under quarantine. So, mm. there's that and TJ Hooker. If anyone has seen TJ Hooker, <laughs> it's similar to this film in, in that it's like a TJ Hooker seems like he's an outer space monster and he's just terrorizing this city of people as a police officer. And yes, I'm going to then plug my podcast. Go to tjhookerpodcast.com. I've been recapping every episode because wow, I need more useless shit to do. Uh, the show is called Hooked on TJ Hooker and you can find it on iTunes or wherever you find podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Oh my gosh. I'm going to have to put that in the queue. Oh my That's gosh. That's amazing. Hook on, <laughs> Ooh. Uh, okay. I guess that's my turn then, huh? Yep. All right. I, I will recommend. Um, you know what? I'm going to recommend a horror movie, shocking, that I, I watched recently, and it's called The Hunt. Man, that that this, just came uh, out, right? It just came out. Yeah, you can. Uh, it was supposed to be in theaters, but they've released it for streaming purposes now, so they can hopefully make some money on it. Um, and it's uh, the classic story of twelve strangers dropped into a strange place, and they all realize they're being hunted by rich assholes. Um, and it's a combination horror, but also with a lot of comedy in it. And uh, I just had a blast with it. I, I didn't go in expecting a whole lot. Um, but it's funny, it's gory, um, and it never really stops moving. And so it was a really great kind of just quick 90 minutes of gory, silly fun. So check out The Hunt. I really enjoyed it. Okay, where, where did you say that was? Um, you, it's, it's streaming. I think it's on Amazon Prime, but you have to pay like a premium price because it's like a movie theater movie. Oh, okay. I know this movie. This is the one that was really upsetting a lot of online people. Yeah, I don't... I mean, honestly, it's more of a comedy than anything else, but maybe I just have a dark sense of humor. <laughs> okay. Wasn't yeah. it, wasn't it... Like, the way the trailer put it out there, it made it seem like it was about killing Trump supporters? Well, it sort of flips the switch on that idea. Like, you kind of find out that a lot of the people that are being killed are on the conservative end of the spectrum and then the people doing the killing are on the other end of the spectrum but it it sort of pokes fun at everybody because now all the liberals have these guns and they're wanting to go hunting and uh, 
yeah, so they just, they, they play around with those tropes a bit. So I, I can't, I mean, if you're, I, I, I can't imagine being offended by this movie because it's so ridiculous and silly. So, sure. Folks, folks, that's, that's the my loony take. left are coming. They're going to kill you. And <laughs> uh, little Chuck Schumer, he's on They're going to take your guns and turn them on you. <laughs> oh. Uh, so there stuff. it is, The Hunt. Check it out. Check it out. All right. <clears throat> what do you got, John? Um, yeah. Um, last week I, re- <laughs> I received a lot of scorn from Jeff for recommending Gilmore Girls, but sticking <laughs> with that. So eat it, Jeff. Um, <laughs> I've still never this seen week, it. Yeah. Me, I think me it's neither, a word to check. So. You're, you're living in a small town mm-hmm. in New York, Eric. Yeah. I, I think you'd find a lot of similarities between what the show is putting out there in terms of like small town quirky folk and where you are. I live in a small town as well in Washington and my wife and I see a lot of like little similarities here and there. What'd you say, Jeff? My wife. <laughs> my wife. My wife. <laughs> Almost snuck in a Yeah, snuck my in wife my wife. My wife. Yeah. Uh, but this week I've been catching up on, not catching up, I've been binge watching season three of Ozark, which is... Oh, that was the other thing I almost recommended. Oh, oh good thing you didn't. I was going to recommend Gilmore Girls a second time. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but Ozark is just this dark um, crime show with Jason Bateman and Laura Linney running it. Um, I would say you could draw some comparisons to Breaking Bad a little bit, and they yeah. have like a mostly comedic actor playing this really deadly serious role. Uh, but I want to say Breaking Bad had a few more humorous moments in it, like thinking back on it, whereas this one has very, very few moments of levity you're just feeling bad for all the characters and you're i don't know the, the, i don't know what else i could say about this show jeff if you want to well, say a few things but i highly recommend it it's, you're it's, right it's, it's you can't look away is what i would say yeah exactly you just want to find out like as the story progresses they get deeper and deeper into the mess they're in and you just kind of want to find out where it's going to go i'm totally hooked on that show i haven't seen it yet yeah. either uh do you guys watch tiger great. king yet Oh, I'm three episodes in. Oh, it's good. <laughs> so good. What, the, what in the world is Tiger King? Oh, uh, take it away, Eric. What is Tiger King? <laughs> it's about a bunch of crazy people that just have tigers and lions and shit and set up like fake zoos and then they all want to like murder each other. It's pretty entertaining and it's true to life. It's because it's real. <laughs> oh, and there's like that surprise homosexual polygamy, like it just oh. hits you out of nowhere. There are a lot of <laughs> twists and turns that you do not see coming, especially for a documentary series. Weird. It's on Netflix. It's crazy. It's this crazy like cross section of the world, this subculture that exists of all these like competing private zoo owners that have <laughs> wild cats, that have big cats. It's crazy. Oh. But it's awesome. Check it out. It's a really fun documentary. <laughs> Okay, I'll yeah. have to check it out. Yeah. Uh, so thanks for recommending things, guys. Appreciate that. Now, Eric, feel free to plug away at all the projects you're juggling these oh, days. Yeah, uh, there's too many, but uh, just, you know, <laughs> you can find me on Twitter at E-R-I-C-S-Z-Y-S-Z-K-A. And obviously, We Hate Movies is available on whmpodcast.com. I already mentioned the TJ Hooker thing, but on our Patreon, which is patreon.com slash we hate movies, we have done Predator as a commentary track. And if you nice. want to get a taste of what that would be like, you could go to our YouTube page, which is, you know, I guess YouTube channel. Uh, saying page dates me. Uh, <laughs> YouTube.com slash we hate movies. Angelfire.com slash like no, not the backslash now. And www dot G-O, which is G-E-O. C-I-T-I-E-S for cities now dot com slash wiggly line member slash I'll stop 
<laughs> now, is that pronounced Geocities or is that Geocities? I, I, I always said Geocities, but that might be I always East said Geocities, too. I, I always really said Geocities, too, but I don't know. I was an Angel Fire fan, if you couldn't tell. <laughs> uh, I could tell. I could tell. Yeah. You're, I you're definitely an Angel Fire guy. I made an Angel Smell, Fire back in Oakland. Smell that Angel Fire on you a mile away. <laughs> <laughs> smells good <laughs> uh, and Jeff where can people find you oh I'm on the Twitter uh, Jeff Glover Carl underscore Hungus 314 my is Carl been expert come follow me there Twitter sphere John where can we find all things Predator Minute uh, you can find Predator Minute on Twitter at Predator Minute you can email the show Predator Minute at gmail.com, or you can join the Facebook discussion group Predator Minute Listeners. Palapa! Target the center of the Palapa. Target the center of the Palapa! Target the center of the Palapa! Target the center of the Palapa! <clears throat> uh, but Eric, before we sign out, I also wanted to point out a podcast you used to do called <laughs> Blame It on Outer Space. Do you still do that? I used, I used to listen to that. Uh, yeah, I, I, I don't currently. I, I've been looking at ways to potentially resurrected in some capacity um, maybe it's like a video show maybe it's a call-in show i don't really know yet um that was a show i used to host on conspiracy theories and stuff and i i kind of stopped having a, as big of interest these past couple of years because the <laughs> the world is ending and all the conspiracy theory it's just it, it got oversaturated almost um but i have sometimes home. periodically been reading creepy pastas on my instagram so that's also E R I C S Z Y S Z K A. But yeah, so 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 sometimes I I dip my toes in, but nothing in an official podcast capacity quite yet. Pretty cool though, because you know Jesse Ventura is in this movie, <laughs> big uh, conspiracy theorist. <laughs> yeah, on um, uh, on that show, Blame on Outer Space. I mean, I got to get this archive up eventually so people can listen to these again. But we had James Adomian play Jesse Ventura on an episode. Is that the guy that does the amazing impression? Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah. yes. Oh, he's so. He's good. such a he's such a nice guy, such a great guy. Um, I uh, I didn't know him that well, but uh, you know. I was kind of in New York when he was doing stuff in New York. He's such a sweet guy. I really love him, and I love his comedy. Wow, nice. Yeah, good stuff. Um, well, I think that's all we have. So for Predator Minute, I'm John Zabriskie. And I'm Jeff Glover. Uh, I've been Eric Siska. And until next time, stick around. Stick around. Stick around. Stick around. Oh, shit. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> All right, pausing and recording. Cut.